Hello, language lovers. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Speaking Tongues, the podcast in conversation with multilinguals. I'm your host, El Sharice. Today, I'm bringing you the fifth episode in this summer's summer school series, where all summer long, we're having conversations with language teachers. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Duda, an English teacher in Brazil and the founder of Divergent English. I first met Duda months ago when she reached out to me on Instagram to tell me about her language classes. Since then, we've had a chance to work with one another on several workshops for her students, and it's been a blast. Her students are so much fun and very supportive of one another, and they even teach me some Portuguese here and there. I've always had a big crush on Brazil and the culture, the music, the language. And in this episode, it was so much fun to learn about how diverse Brazil is beyond the ways it's portrayed in pop culture. So in this episode, Duda shares her story of how she became fluent in four languages, how she started her own classes with Divergent English, how the culture in her state shares some traditions with Uruguay, and we're even showing some love for one of our favorite pop singers. To find Duda, click the links in the show notes. And if you're in Brazil and ready to start your English language journey, please reach out to her and let her know how she can help you on your journey to becoming a more confident English speaker. Tudo bem? Let's chat. Well, welcome back to another episode of Speaking Tongues. I'm here and my guest today is Duda. Hi, Duda. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And thank you for joining me all the way from Brazil today. Well, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> so I like to start each episode asking the same question. Um, what is your first language and which languages have you learned to speak? Oh, right. Uh, my first language, like my native language, is Portuguese, uh, Brazilian Portuguese, and I've learned how to speak English, Spanish, and French. That's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> when you were growing up in your house, um, what languages did you hear spoken in your home growing up? Uh-huh. Well, I've always uh, listened to only Portuguese, like in my house, my parents don't speak other languages. Mm -hmm. And in Brazil, we speak Portuguese and basically a little Spanish, but that's uh, very rare. So um, sometimes I, I used to uh, listen to Spanish because my school always had exchanges with people from uh, other countries. Uh, but I used to listen to English through my own cultural and entertainment interests, but nothing uh, came from my family or from inside my house. Oh, wow. So, so all the languages that you've learned to speak, you learned them either through your own interests or you learned them through school. Which ones did uh, you learn in school? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I studied in a, um, a public school until third grade, and after that, my mom got a job in a private school. Uh, that's when I, I joined the, this private school, and there we used to have English and Spanish classes since kindergarten, which is awesome. <laughs> and uh, I had my, my first touch with languages in there. So uh, I've never actually studied in an English institute or something. I've always uh, learned the languages uh, either from, from school or from my, my own house. Uh, I've learned them by myself, mostly because at school, it's not something that you can actually use. You learn, you learn some things, a few things, but uh, most of the work you have to do it at home. Wow. So how, when you were learning English, and I guess you learned French on your own too, right? Yeah. How, what did you do in order to learn those languages for yourself? What kind of methods? Were you reading? Were you watching um, movies, television shows? Um, what kind of methods did you use to learn both of those languages on your own? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, uh, it's very hard for me to, 
to remember because I was very, very young. Uh, I I was 12, but, but yeah, by the time I was 12, I could communicate. Um, so for me, it's a little difficult to remember uh, if I studied <laughs> or <laughs> if I actually just have fun, uh, like using the languages. But what I can remember is that uh, uh, through culture and entertainment, uh, it, they were always exceptional for me. Uh, I used to sing and memorize lyrics uh, as well as movies and uh, series, scripts and dialogues. I was insane. I used to memorize the scripts from my favorite movies, like and serious so it was very weird but now i i think it was a, a nice method um i another thing that um everyone that knows me know about this uh i wanted to be like shakira a big fan of shakira i'm a big fan so, of shakira <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love her and so i i wanted to be her i wanted to be her so bad uh, so I learned all the languages that she speaks, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> That's so cool. What's your favorite Shakira song? Oh, God, I love all of them. <laughs> but uh, let me think. Oh, Hips Don't Lies a classic, but my favorites are normally the Spanish songs. I really like them. Like, yeah, Inevitable, it's very cool. And I went to her concert, so... I've got like a thousand memories about her singing and dancing. Oh. It's awesome. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I love Shakira and I've I've loved her like oh my goodness, since before she really became popular in the US when she was uh -huh. singing in Spanish. And when she started singing English, like I liked her music, but like I don't speak Spanish at all. And mm -hmm. I listen to her music in Spanish and I love it so much more than when she sings in English. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. Like, remember her album? What was it? Um, Fijacion Oral, volume one. Yeah. Like that one. I, I cannot tell you how many times I played that album. <laughs> <laughs> really? I just loved it. I don't know a single word she was saying. But uh -huh. I, I bought the second one and it was all in English and I I didn't really love it as much. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I I have like literally all of her uh, songs on my playlist on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I normally just pass through the English ones and I just go through the, the Spanish ones. They are so much better, and it's like the Latina power, so we have to appreciate the Spanish. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so would you say that, um, you know, when was it that you realized you wanted to learn more than one language? Was Shakira the one thing, or was it something else in your, in your childhood and growing up in, in Brazil where you felt like, you wanted to learn more than one language? Like, what was your motivation? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I, I could say that Shakira was actually uh, uh, one of the main <laughs> reasons because I was very, very young. And my mother always uh, listened to her songs since I was very little. And so she was present. I wanted to memorize her lyrics, so I was obligated to memorize other languages. And she was one of the, the main reasons, but uh, there were others as well. As I told you, I uh, when I started studying in this private school, uh, I saw a whole other world with a lot of opportunities that I didn't have before. Uh, the exchange programs uh, we would receive uh, people from Paraguay uh, every year and me and my mom and my dad, we would host them inside our house for a week normally, um, two weeks actually sometimes. Uh, so I felt the need to communicate to other people. Uh, I felt the need to be able to speak and talk to them about anything. Um, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to talk to the foreigners. <laughs> so I wanted to be nice. And that was actually... Uh, 
something that really inspired me. So I, I have to thank my, my school for all of these opportunities. That's really cool that you had that experience to meet people from Paraguay. Yeah, it's awesome. Did you, ever, actually, did you ever do an exchange? Did you ever leave to another no, country? No. Uh, we, uh, how can I say that? In my, my school, uh, we would have this exchange program where people from Paraguay would come to Brazil. And after a week, uh, uh, we, here from Brazil, we would go to Paraguay. But this was always only for the grown-ups. I was always like the little kid. Oh, <laughs> I no. I was so sad about it. So what about French, though? What, what was your experience like learning French? Yeah, well, French. Uh, actually, I started learning French when I was a little older than, than 12. Uh, because because of Shakira's songs, I wanted to memorize her lyrics so bad, and then I started to memorize a bunch of uh, French songs. And uh, by the time I knew it, I could already understand like uh, French content. And then I started to uh, speak to other people and try to communicate as well. But I was already, I think I was like maybe 14 probably, uh, when I could actually say that I, I, I spoke French. Uh, but so I, I think it was a little harder because I was not so young. Uh, it was a little harder for me because I didn't have uh, all that time I had before. I had other responsibilities. So I can say that learning the other languages, uh, being younger, it was easier. Mm. Portuguese and Spanish and French are kind of related. Like, were those two languages easier for you than English, or, or was English more? Uh, yeah. What do you think? I, I, I remember that I first learned Spanish and after I learned English and last uh, French because of the exchange programs. I learned uh, Spanish first. And I remember that it was very simple for me. It was simple uh, because, because I had, um, how can I say, I had contact with a lot of people, a lot of natives mm. all the time. So it was quite easy. And I, I've always uh, consumed a lot of uh, Spanish content. So it was actually easy. It was my first foreign language that I tried to learn. So I, I had a lot of time to, uh, to, not to study, but I had a lot of free time to use literally 100% of my time on that. So I used to uh, get home, arrive home from, from, from school uh, at midday. And from midday until like 1 a.m., I would watch series. I would watch movies, listen to music, memorize songs talk to myself in front of the mirror in Spanish. So, yeah, I had a lot of free time. Uh, but I'd say that that's why it was quite easier, not actually because of the similarities with Portuguese, because there are some... Uh, uh, it's a little similar, but it's not all of that. And I, I never tried to associate a lot because there are some very different uh, grammar situations, structures, so... Uh, it, it's not so easy. English, on the other hand, it's easier than Spanish and easier than Portuguese because uh, we have a lot of uh, tenses and we have a lot of conjugations and verbs and irregulars and uh, a lot of this type of thing. And English doesn't, which is great. So I think that English was the easier, uh, the easiest language and it was way faster to, to learn. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. Like even I, you know, I speak English natively and I think English is so hard and I mm. always, yeah, I'm really curious. I'm always really curious about the experience that people have learning English because I, you know, I didn't experience that. And I hear some people saying, English is so hard, it's so impossible, it's really difficult, and some people have a really easy time with it. So, I mean, I just kind of feel like my theory, and I've, 
I know I've said this so many times, <laughs> but my theory is that like there's so much English content in the world, English language content. There's television shows, movies, books. And I think for someone who's trying to learn English, it can be very easy because you have so many resources where like in the opposite, yeah. if I was trying to learn Portuguese, I would have to go out and look for Portuguese movies, Portuguese shows, Portuguese. That'd be hard. Yeah. And it's like, especially here in the States, it's like, I look for it, but it's not that easy to find. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas okay. I feel like, you know, we have a show, like, I know your favorite show, Friends. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Everybody around the world has seen Friends in, if not in English, in whatever their language is, because it's so, it's so popular. And it's, yeah. it's a simple enough show that you can follow it, even if you don't understand English that well, and you can keep watching mm -hmm. it to get better. Um, but I feel like there's not the opposite of that for like English speakers who want to learn another language. It can be difficult to, to find content that really works, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, English is, uh, is actually, uh, a, it's very easy to find content. It's very uh, common and very easy to find anything you want uh songs series movies um any type of like youtube channel or something uh it's always in english so it's easier it's uh better to to learn of course and uh i i have i still have a very hard time uh searching for french content uh oh my god i have to search so so much until I find something. Uh, Netflix doesn't have as many um, French content as I, I hope it had. So I have to search in other places. I have to pay for other platforms because it's not cool. <laughs> and so it, it's hard, it gets harder. And this is, uh, actually I was, I was talking about this uh, to my student today. This is one of the reasons why people often give up learning a language because it's so hard to access so many things. Right. Right. I, I never thought of it that way, but it's true. Like, I know in our Netflix here, we have some French content, but mm -hmm. it's not all great. <laughs> some yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, like some of it is really good, and some of it is like, oh, it's mostly like movies. But when yeah. I've seen it, okay, I don't want to see it again. So now what do I watch? And it's hard to find something that's just as good. Um, and like, I can't even tell you if I'm talking about Brazilian Portuguese shows, there's like literally two shows. There's Samantha, and, uh -huh. which I love and I think is so silly and so funny. And <laughs> um, there's one about... Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I'm watching the second season. And I, I normally don't like Brazilian content, but <laughs> this one, I really loved it. <laughs> I started watching it, and then I didn't finish it, so I have to, f I have to finish watching season one. Yeah, it's awesome. Please. <laughs> so I want to ask you, do you ever feel like your personality is different depending on which language that you're speaking? Well, all of the time. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes I even, I don't know, I, I doubt myself. I think, uh, oh, gosh, uh, what if I have, like, different personalities? What if this is not cool? <laughs> because it changes so much. Uh, like, Portuguese? Personally, this is weird. People judge me for that. But personally, I don't feel 100% comfortable speaking English. Uh, uh, Portuguese, actually. Mm -hmm. Portuguese. Uh, I don't. I don't feel comfortable speaking Portuguese in front of a, a lot of people. I am not. I don't communicate well in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't feel very comfortable speaking it. Uh, English, I feel very, very comfortable and fearless 
to speak. So I uh, I feel comfortable and I feel confident about it. I, I feel that I like uh, speaking it. I could speak English the entire day. Um, Spanish, like, uh, I, I feel like I'm someone full of cultural knowledge and <laughs> pursuing my roots because Spanish, it's it's awesome. It's like all of this Latina culture, it's so cool. And it definitely changes. And French, I feel like I don't even recognize myself because I feel like I'm something very different because of the, this this cultural difference between Brazil and France, it's so different. I feel yeah. like I'm someone fighting for my rights all the time and thinking about the future and uh, doing, uh, how can I say that? Uh, but uh, empowering myself all the time, which is great. I love all those personalities. <laughs> I think that's really fantastic that you you have that kind of perspective of like, you know basically who you are in each language that you speak. Yeah, I try to reflect on that a lot. Do you have an opportunity to talk with anyone in French lately? Yeah, okay. uh, I, I have. Uh, I've always tried. Uh, now I found this uh, app, uh, Inguado. It's a free mobile app where you can talk to natives from anywhere in the world. So I, I talk to a lot of French people there in French. And uh, I also have some uh, virtual friends on Instagram that usually speak French to me. Oh, cool. So I'm curious about something else. I feel like a lot of Spanish speakers that I meet, especially here in the States, don't know Portuguese like at all. But they always say that, oh, I can understand someone speaking Portuguese because it's the same. And I, as someone who doesn't speak either, I don't think they're the same at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> they don't, I mean, to me, they don't sound the same. They're not pronounced the same. I mean, some words are similar, obviously, but some of the words yeah. are the same in Italian. Some of the words mm -hmm. are the same in French. True. So. I just feel like I know that Spanish and, you know, Spanish-speaking countries in, in South America, and mostly Spanish-speaking, and then you have um, Brazil. But it's like, I always want to say to people, like, do you really understand? Or are you just pretending you understand? Because I, <laughs> I feel like they don't. So, I mean, what, from your perspective, what makes... Brazilian Portuguese unique? Like, what makes it stand apart from Spanish? So, oh, people are yeah. saying this thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really an awesome question. And, well, Brazilian Portuguese is, is totally unique. Like, you can travel anywhere where Portuguese is the native language. Once you come to Brazil, you listen to a whole other thing. Every city you go to, there are variations, accents, and expressions. And I'm, I'm serious when I say it changes from town to town. Uh, I live in the South, and every time I travel inside the state, I learn new things about our language. So the, the beautiful miscegenation makes our language and country unique. So it will change uh, if you if you go like from my city to some city that is like 30 minutes away from here, it's going to change. And this happens because of this amazing thing that there is in Brazil called miscegenation, which I think it's awesome. I think that's what makes our language unique and, and very different than Spanish, not the same. <laughs> that's great. And I, I know... I mean, they don't sound the same to me. And I love it because Brazil is so diverse. Like we were talking about this before, but Brazil is so diverse. And I love that, like, you can just go around like your area in the South and you learn new stuff every day. That must be so fascinating. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's insane because 
when you think you've learned your native language, you didn't. There are so much more. So there is so much more to learn. The other thing I wanted to ask you about Spanish is, um, so when you are learning Spanish in schools, um, or you know, you or people you know, or or whatever, when you see Spanish culture in Brazil, is there a standard? Is there a Spanish standard that you typically hear? Is it typically like the Argentine Spanish? Is it Colombian Spanish? Is it Mexican Spanish? Is it, do, do you notice anything like that? Or does it matter? Is it from all over the place? Or does it tend to come from maybe one particular country or one particular dialect? Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, so I, I think, let me, yeah, most Brazilians uh, speak or to know this is like the mix of both languages and most people make it work it's like you don't know portuguese and you don't know spanish but you know a little bit of both and you make it work mm-hmm. uh, but normally if you're about to really learn it you probably learn argentine spanish or even the spanish from uruguay because of the border, because of, yeah, it, it's a little more um, easy to get in touch with. So normally people learn, learn it from there. But I think the, good, the cool thing is like learning from everywhere because you will face uh, a lot of expressions and a lot of uh, different cultures. So I think you need to, to be prepared for all types of, of Spanish you might face. Uh, But normally in Brazil, it's like uh, people will try to communicate with Portugal, like a little Portuguese, a little Spanish, and they will make a communication. That's for sure. We always do. (laughs) I guess even though they're not the same, it's close enough to kind of, you know, make a conversation kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Now, here's the big question, too. Another big question. I have a lot of big questions for you today. But (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know if people know this, but people hear Portuguese and they think Portuguese is the same everywhere. And I don't think a lot of people notice or realize that Portuguese spoken in Portugal is not the same as Portuguese spoken in Brazil. Um, have you ever encountered maybe somebody who was trying to communicate with you in Portugal, Portuguese, and, you know, maybe there was a little disconnect of the conversation, um, or do you have any examples of how the two are different and we Mm -hmm. can, we can discuss a few of those different things? Yeah, well, um, it's it's definitely different, but also it's easy to understand. Uh, as British and American English, I think that that's uh, fair to compare. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the accent is the most different thing. Hmm. Uh, actually, they... Uh, how can I say that? Uh, yeah, the accent will change a lot, the words... But you you still can understand. It's not impossible to understand. For example, the word um, menino in Brazil, which is boy, mm-hmm. menino in Portuguese from Brazil. And in Portugal, they will say nino, nino. Oh. So they, yeah, they'll just exclude the E. The, it's nino. So, uh, for example, another word, um, pedaço, which is piece in, uh, in English. Pedaço, we say in Brazil. In Portugal, they will say pedaço. So, mm-hmm. uh, they often remove the E. Uh, but there, there are also some words with different meanings, uh, such as ônibus. We say it in Brazil, ônibus is bus. And in Portugal, they will call it autocarro. So it, it's something, it's very similar to British and American English. Some words will only change the accent. Some words will, will have a, a difference of meaning. But it's totally uh, possible to uh, make a communication work between both. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was wondering, 
um, you know, in, in English, we can understand people in the UK um, and they can understand us, hopefully. <laughs> but I guess I, in my mind, I was thinking of it in the way that like Canadian French is different than French spoken in France type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was really curious about. But I, cause I know that people say all the time, if you go to Canada, they're like, yeah, they don't speak French like they do in France. And if you go to, you know, if you're Canadian and you go to France, they tell you like, oh, it's a different kind of thing. So that's why I was curious Mm -hmm. just to know like how far apart they have grown from Mm -hmm. each other. Um, But I think in other parts of Portugal, like, in Africa, countries where Portuguese is spoken, mm-hmm. I need to find someone who can who can verify this. But I think it's it's mm-hmm. different too. I just wonder now. I wonder how different is it than oh yeah yeah because like people from yeah. like Angola yeah wonder, that's totally different yeah yeah that's a whole other thing. There are some people. <laughs> In here, in, in Brazil, from these countries working here, um, you, you can't communicate with them if you know Brazilian Portuguese because they don't speak Brazilian Portuguese. It's mm-hmm. something very, very different. Um, it, it's a little weird because it sounds like French, but it's Portuguese. It, yeah, for us, it, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, we can't understand a lot, but we still know it, it, they are speaking Portuguese. It's just a different type of Portuguese. Mm-hmm. But between Brazil and Portugal, I think uh, it's very, oh, it's like 100% possible. It's like uh, British and American English, totally. Okay. That's interesting. I think I'm going to have to find someone from like a Portuguese, um, Portuguese-speaking African country. Yeah, I'd love that. We'd have this conversation again. Yeah. (laughs) So within Brazilian Portuguese, um, tell me about some of the dialects and how they're different between different regions, if you can. I know Brazil is such a huge country, but are there any dialects that, that particularly stand out to you? Well, um, yeah, mostly with expressions and accents, but there are a few, a few, no, like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from from my state are well known for having a strong accent, whatever that means. But uh, Brazil is like a pretty uh, miscegenated country, and every state was colonized by different nationalities. That's why we're quite diversified. And literally every state you go into, you will uh, will have to behave in a different uh, way. You will have to use different language, not only uh, spoken languages, but other other things as well, other types of behaviors. It looks like a completely different country once you travel inside Brazil. It's totally weird, but it's awesome. It's like uh, not every state has the same uh, culture or the same roots. That's uh, that's about this. Uh, um, how can I say that? Uh, that's why I, I said about the colonization and different nationalities. Uh, so it changes a lot, and every state has its um, dialect sometimes because of this, because of these nationalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in, in, my, in my region uh, specifically, uh, people from inside Brazil, they normally recognize us by our accent because we have a very different and notable accent. People say, people describe it as a strong accent. I, I literally never understood what that means. <laughs> what the hell is a strong accent? But that's fine, yeah. Like, for example, someone from Rio de Janeiro will notice in the first second that I'm from Rio Grande do Sul. Totally. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I think it's maybe the same everywhere. Like if, you know, someone 
if I, you know, I'm in New York City, if I hear someone who is from the south of the U.S., I may not know exactly where they're from, but I would know, like, oh, well, it depends. You're not from here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes you can tell, like, exactly where a person is from. Like, people that are from Florida speak differently than people from, like, North Carolina. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, that's all the South. But if you really pay attention, you can hear the differences in people's accents and I guess yeah. regional sayings. Um, just something that I'm personally very fascinated about. Like, <laughs> but I don't think, you know what? I'm thinking as you're talking, like, I don't think that your accent is very strong. But then I realize I don't have anything to compare it to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, once, uh, please talk to someone from you. Please, you will find the difference. <laughs> As you said, there are many re- uh, regional sayings that uh, that give us away. Like they they just uh, they they just confirm that we are from where we are. And uh, but the the one thing that people normally notice about people from my state is that in Brazilian Portuguese you have uh, two ways to say the word you. You can say você. And you can say tu. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my state, we only use tu. We never say você. Really? Uh, yeah, it's tu. So every time someone uh, hears me saying tu, they, they know it. They know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's like influence... From Spanish, because you do share the border with Uruguay in the south. And yeah, that's so interesting. I never would have known that. I love that fact. Yeah. (laughs) It's totally influenced. Uh, My state's culture is like uh, 50% influenced by Uruguay. We have a lot of uh, similar traditions. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, uh, do you know Shimaho? It's a drink that we drink here in, in the south. Uh, I, I don't even know how to explain what is it. <laughs> it's, um, oh my God, it's a hot beverage that uh, you drink it with uh, hot water and a herb, uh, erva mate. Oh, um, I just Googled yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I don't drink it so often, but people in here are fascinated about it. People will drink it before breakfast and through the entire day. Mm-hmm. And th- this is something that uh, it's very traditional from my state. And this actually comes from Uruguay because in Uruguay they have chimarrón, but uh, they probably call it mate because it's the, the name of the, the herb. And they often uh, use it as terere, which is uh, the same thing, but with uh, iced, uh, iced water. Ooh. Cold water. Yeah. I want to try it. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. Wait. I'm it is. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer terere. Terere is better for me. I like iced drinks, mm-hmm. colder things. And shimaho is really hot, is boiling water inside your mouth. Oh so I don't really like it. Yeah. Uh, I, only, I only drink it when I'm around older people, when older people uh, offer me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's rude not to accept it. Right. So I normally drink it. My boyfriend drinks during the entire day. He doesn't even bother offering me anymore because I never take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i've had i've had mate yerba mate and i've only had it when it's cold because they sell it here like um like how they sell iced tea in a can uh-huh, yeah and oh. yeah it's it comes in a can if i remember the brand i'll send it to you um mm-hmm. And that you just put it over ice and it's so good. And sometimes you can get mm-hmm. it hot if you go to the right places, but 
most of the time I've had it, it's been like iced tea. So I like that you were talking about your region and the way that I want to tell you, this is what I think. And I, I wanted to talk about this culture wise. So I've told you before, I am obsessed with Brazil, like obsessed. Everything Brazilian, music, um, samba, food, football, like everything. I still, I still haven't made it. I still haven't had an opportunity to go to Brazil. I know that like I, I'm like dying to go to Rio and I would love to go one day. And I know the, the idea that I have of Brazil and probably a lot of Americans have of Brazil is just like, you know, Rio. Very, <laughs> like Rio, like Rio carnival party time. And like, I, that's not why I'm really that interested in it, but I know that that's how people think like good times, beaches, um, yeah. Corcovado and like, you know, yeah. uh, caipirinha and feijoada mm-hmm. and like, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, like love, love, love. But yeah, I know that Brazil is very, very diverse. So I want to know, I don't want you to talk about, I don't want you to speak for every region in Brazil, but I want to know about your part of Brazil and how is it maybe the same as an outsider would see Brazil or how is it different than how an outsider would see Brazil? And what are some things in your region that, that are really, really special to you? Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, yeah, well, here where I live, as I said, I live in the south. Uh, the name of my state is uh, Rio Grande do Sul. Um, so it, here is definitely no Rio de Janeiro. Uh, <laughs> the culture, the landscapes, the touristic attractions are way different. Um, we were typically known for having a lot of similarities, as I, I said before, with Uruguay because of the border. Uh, we're pretty traditional compared to the most um, known cities from Brazil, most capitals. The culture of carnival, for example, uh, is well preserved everywhere <laughs> throughout the country, but celebrated in very different ways. Uh, certainly not the way foreigners normally imagine. Uh, not in, not every city has a big and amazing street carnival as we see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually only happens in big capitals, like Rio, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, most cities enjoy the holidays by staying at home or traveling to the closest beach. And this is something very traditional for my state. Uh, there will be a lot of people traveling to Rio, traveling to bigger cities to go to carnival, street carnival, but most people will just take those days off, stay at home or travel to a beach and just stay there. Uh, or we, we also have like uh, the, the parties inside clubs that normally younger people go to. Uh, it's like it's like DJs and uh, <laughs> drinks, and it's nothing like the street carnival, but this is something that they also do. I've never been to any of those things. Uh, in my city, we used to have street carnival, but I was very little, so I've never been to. And now, after I, I grown up, um, I grew up. Uh, my city just uh, didn't have the money anymore oh, <laughs> to no. make a party yeah so they don't have it anymore unfortunately but so i've never actually um lived this carnival this this whole experience right so do they do something smaller or they just don't do anything now oh uh they do this um this club parties oh gotcha yeah i see yeah, they will just. Um, I, do you know blocos, bloquinhos? I've heard of it, but it, I don't really know what it is. Yeah, it's like the the name of the. Um, uh, how can I say that? Like, if you have a group of friends and you want to go to the club carnival, you will have to make a bloco. You just have to figure it out, a name and a costume or a, or some kind of uh, clothes to wear together. 
for you to go as a group and you will be a blocking group. <laughs> it's basically you will be a group. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah, and this is what they do. They normally have blocks. They go to the clubs, they party for like four days <laughs> or more. <laughs> They drink and yeah, that's normally it. Oh, that's so cool. When I come visit, I want to be in your bloco. Yeah, please. <laughs> please be. <laughs> so, awesome. So now I really want to know about your business, Divergence English. Tell me everything. Tell me how you got started. Tell me what your company is about. Tell me what methods you use to help your students to learn English. Tell me what your students are like. And I met a few of them um, mm -hmm. not long ago, and they are incredible. But I know you have a lot of, a lot of students. Um, and tell me what your plans are for the future, where you plan on growing your business to. Well, I first started, uh, I call it there, but it's Divergent English, the name of my business. Uh, I first started it as a very simple Instagram profile two years ago. Um, I, I've been through um, a coaching process that um, really opened my eyes for a lot of things. And I decided to have my own business to try a new thing. Uh, when I was 15, I went to a, an English institute to... Uh, apply for some free conversation classes there and they ended up hiring me hiring me to be the teacher so <gasps> I yeah it was, I, I don't know if it was luck or something yes uh, yeah I think I was in the right place at the right time <laughs> and then I I stayed there for a year After that, there was a little uh, change on, on the, the managers and uh, I, I wasn't happy there anymore, so I decided to quit. But by that time, I already had them. I I've already had my business and I just started to improve more, to study more about Instagram, to study more about private classes, study about conversation. And then by the time I realized it was already, I had the business for a year, I had many students. Now, uh, uh, this year, there will be three years since I, I first started with that. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of students that um, they want to learn how to communicate in English, Uh, they want to have someone to talk to in English, 100% in English. They don't want a traditional method, so that's what I, I bring to them every week. We normally have classes for one hour uh, once a week. Uh, every time is possible, we have a group class with a native as we had with you, and it was awesome. They <laughs> love it. It was an amazing experience for all of us. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm really in love with my uh, business. I think of it as my baby. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. And, uh, well, for, for, for the future, as you asked, I, I plan to keep um, recruiting as many students as possible to help them, to help them change their perspectives under the English language. Uh, make them speak and communicate early as I did with no need of five to six years of course as mm. we're used to here and maybe maybe in a near future keep having natives guests and start my group conversation classes project I've always dreamed about having group conversation classes so that's what I hope for the future <laughs> That is really, really wonderful. I love that you got started just kind of like, you know. Out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. That's so cool. What did you, what were you thinking that you wanted to do when you were that age? Like, were you thinking about becoming a teacher or were you still thinking no. about becoming Shakira or? <laughs> what were you, what, were did, what did you want to do at that point in your life? Well, at that point, I was uh, in high school and I wanted to do something about communication. I didn't know what. 
I just knew I wanted to work with my computer or I wanted to work in a home office. Um, I even thought about being an interior designer. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I really like this type of thing. Uh, so by that time, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> it was very, very weird. But yeah, it was a great thing. I love that you found this path for yourself. And I think you're doing a really great job. And I know that your students, I know that your students really appreciate you and they, I know that they get a lot of practice from you and yeah, yeah, I'm really happy for you. And I'm really happy that, that your business is going really well. Um, For anyone who's wanting to get in touch with you, tell us how we can find you. Well, thank you. First of all, thanks a lot. Uh, you're a big part of it. My students, they love you. They want you every week having classes <laughs> with them. So thanks a lot for that. And uh, well, if people want to reach me, if they want to talk to me, they can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Divergent English. Um, you will find me there. Stories every day, posts every day. Uh, I talk to everyone who DMs me. So uh, you will be very welcome there. Awesome. I'm going to put the link to your profile, your social profile in the show notes for the show. So if anybody wants yeah. to get in touch, all they have to do is click and they will, they'll find you right away. And I hope that they do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any tips or advice for people who are interested in learning another language? Oh, I do. Uh, A lot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, Well, I I think uh, a very good tip, uh, some people find it very obvious, but I think that's something we we should really consider. Uh, From my experience, from the experience that I I try to... uh, to achieve with my students every day, I, I'd say start practicing since day one. You, unfortunately, you won't get anywhere by just uh, sitting in a classroom, facing a bunch of books and solving 100 grammar ex- exercises per minute. Uh, we should change this reality. We should find someone who to practice with since the moment we have decided to learn. Um, you will speed up the process and you'll see effectiveness. Uh, I say that not as someone who wants to brag about conversation or anything, but I say that as someone who has already been to English institutes. Uh, I've taught there, I've worked in other places. Uh, I've seen what it, what it feels like to learn English in a regular school. And I know that that's not, uh, we, we don't use all of our knowledge there. I know there's more. So that, that's why I always tell people to practice since day one. Like, don't postpone it. Start practicing now. And what about advice? Would you give the same advice for someone who's looking to learn Brazilian Portuguese? Are there any specific tips that someone could use or any resources that you would recommend for someone who wants to learn Brazilian Portuguese specifically? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I use my last advice as well and add up one thing. Um, don't limitate your learning like ever. Brazil is beautiful and unique for its miscegenation. So you go and learn as many expressions, accents, and dialects there are. Because you will not regret it. Once you come to Brazil, you don't know for sure that the the only part of the language you learn is the one that is going to be spoken in the place you will be. So, yeah, so just go and learn as many variations as you can. That's the, the that's a great advice because it, it'll save you uh, from uh, it'll it'll save you yeah it'll save you a lot. From, <laughs> yeah. That's really good advice, and I think that um, there's so many places that someone could 
spend some time in Brazil. Like we said, it's a massive country. And I'm pretty sure the way that, you know, like you said, the way that you talk in the South or, or things that you say in the South are so different from like someone in like Fortaleza might say or, mm-hmm. or in, in Salvador. So I think that's really good advice. And I will take yeah. that advice from you when I finally come to visit Brazil <laughs> someday. Please, yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> so my last question um, that I like to ask at the end of every episode, and it's your turn this time. Um, do you have any jokes, swear words, tongue twisters, slang words, idioms, or advice in Brazilian Portuguese that you would like to share? Well, um, let me think. I am not one to use a lot of swear words. I don't know why. I wish I used more of them, but... <laughs> you don't have uh, to. I, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but in, in my state, we... We're not used to swear a lot. Uh, for example, in Rio, it's something very common. You, mm. It's basically common between parents and kids and kids and grandma and basically the entire family swears. Oh, no. it's, it's a whole other reality from here. Uh-huh. So, uh, but I can uh, teach you something uh, from my region. It's um, it's an expression for when you want to say someone is being boring, like oh my god, you're so boring. Like mm-hmm. yeah, this is very useful, <laughs> and this is used here in my state. Probably people from other states will not understand what that means, but uh, we say tu because it's você. Tu é, it's like you are. Uh, tu é xarope, xarope. Yeah. Sharopi? Yeah. Tue Sharopi. Tue Sharopi. It's like, oh God. <laughs> You're so annoying. Tue <laughs> Sharopi. And the translation for Sharopi is syrup. Syrup. Oh. Yeah. Which makes no sense. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. I yeah. wonder why. Uh-huh. We'll have to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I shut up. I, I love this expression so much. <laughs> well, thank you for teaching it to me. Are there other or are there any other like common or popular phrases that people say maybe throughout Brazil that maybe you wouldn't hear in another Portuguese speaking country? I just thought of one. It's so common, it's ridiculous that I didn't think about it <laughs> earlier. But it's so, so common. Uh, basically, when you are agreeing with something, um, you, you people in America, you say just okay, right? Yeah. Or right. Right. Uh, and here in Brazil, we'll say ata. Ata? Or, yeah, or even just ta. Ta or ata. Huh. Yeah. That's something like, okay, right. Yeah. I like that. That's so yeah, cool. It's so simple. I didn't think of that. <laughs> it's okay. It's so easy to say, so it's easy to not it's you know, it's easy to not even think about it, not even be aware mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't even remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Duda, thank you so much for having this conversation with me about your country, your language, your culture, Shakira, uh, Mate, <laughs> Chimano. It's like I had such a great time yeah. talking with you. And I really, I really want everyone to, to go to the show notes and take a look at, at your socials and to see what your, your business is all about. And if you are trying to learn English and you are in Brazil, please reach out. Hopefully this will take you from intermediate to fluency thank you thanks a lot for inviting me it was super fun i always have a great time talking to you so it was awesome i think it's great to show uh, as many people as uh, as you have listening to you the 
this other side of my country and my culture. I think it's great to hear from all, uh, from different people from different states to have different perspectives. So thanks a lot for letting me share this with you. Thank Absolutely. You. I'm so happy. And please come back anytime. I, like you said, I love talking to you. So anytime we can get together and talk again. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me know. Okay, yeah. do that. So you taught me something. You taught me something to say in Portuguese. And instead of yeah. saying like goodbye, you say até mais. Até mais. Yeah. And that just exactly. means like until later. See you. Oh, see yeah. you. Yeah. All right. So do the até mais and obrigada. Thank you again for talking with me for this episode. Até mais. Até mais. Whoosh! <laughs>